It's the evening of June 18, 1955. An obscure golfer from Iowa settles into a low-budget motel room just south of San Francisco. Jack Fleck is a 33-year-old club pro from Davenport, Iowa, where he runs two public golf courses. But on this night, Jack Fleck's life is at a crossroads. Tomorrow, he will play head-to-head against one of golf's all-time greats. Fleck and Ben Hogan are to play an 18-hole playoff at the Olympic Club to determine the winner of the 1955 U.S. Open. Ben Hogan will be gunning for an unprecedented fifth U.S. Open title. Jack Fleck will be after his first win on the PGA Tour. And so, to focus himself and to get in the proper state of mind, Fleck turns to his favorite opera singer, Mario Lanza. It's fair to assume that not many pro golfers listen to opera. Certainly not many golfers can beat Ben Hogan in a playoff. But Jack Fleck is cut out of unusual cloth, as the golf world is about to discover. Welcome to Championship Stories, a podcast about champions triumphant. I'm your host, Steve Morantz. Almost everybody has heard of Ben Hogan. He's on golf's Mount Olympus, an immortal icon. Meticulous, obsessive, strong-willed and grumpy, Hogan defined golf in mid-20th century. Hogan was born in 1912 in a small town in central Texas. The son of a blacksmith, Hogan was nine when his father committed suicide with a self-inflicted gunshot. He caddied to help his mother pay the bills and turned pro in 1930. An incurable hook kept him from winning until 1940. Then he went on to win 64 PGA events, including nine major championships. Hogan survived a near-fatal car accident in 1949 that damaged his legs and made it painful to walk the course. Yet six of his major titles came after the accident, a testament to his grit and determination. Nicknamed the Hawk and admired for his elegant wardrobe, Hogan was the PGA's leading money winner five times and player of the year four times. In 1955, Hogan is vying to become the only golfer to win five U.S. Opens. Between Hogan and his fifth Open Championship stands Jack Fleck. The common reaction in 1955 is, who the heck is that? Virtually nobody outside of Davenport, Iowa, has heard of Jack Fleck. Born in 1921 near Davenport, Fleck grew up poor, the son of a struggling truck farmer. As a child, he worked odd jobs to help his family survive the Great Depression and learned golf as a caddy at Davenport Country Club. He became an accomplished junior golfer, served in the Navy during WW2, then landed a job as head pro at Davenport's two public courses. In 1955, Fleck is married and the father of a four-year-old son. At six feet, one and a half inches, and 164 pounds, Fleck is lanky and graceful. Author Neil Sagabiel, in his book, The Longest Shot, writes of Fleck, quote, He possessed a long, fluid golf swing, 
that wrapped around his lean body like a loose belt. He moved with unassuming ease, end quote. Fleck is a health nut who does not smoke or drink alcohol, eats a clean diet of eggs, grains, and vegetables, and practices yoga. A devout Christian, he avoids the nightlife of touring pros. He travels with a Motorola record player so that he can hear classical music and opera. Mario Lanza is his favorite. There is no for years, Fleck has set his sights beyond Davenport. He has tested his game on the PGA's winter tour with little success. Prior to 1955, his best finish in a PGA Tour event was eighth. He had chronic problems with putting and often was discouraged about his putting. But early in June 55, Fleck plays in a regional qualifier near Chicago and makes the cut. He earns one of 162 berths in the U.S. Open. Fleck then drives from Iowa to San Francisco and arrives five days before the Open. Here's Fleck, years later, reflecting on his frame of mind. My goal was that I wanted to finish in the top 10 in the 55 Open then I'd be exempt for the following year. I wouldn't have to qualify. The Olympic Club, I love the golf course. Built for my game, you might say. He grinds through several practice rounds on the lake course of the Olympic Club. Flex studies the brutal par 70 track, which has extra thick rough, tight fairways, and narrow openings to the greens rimmed with heavy grass. Pre-tournament hype focuses on several veterans, Ben Hogan, Sam Snead, Kerry Middlecoff, Julius Boros, and Tommy Bolt. Also spotlighted is a new wave of young stars, Arnold Palmer, Bob Rosberg, Mike Suchak, Peter Thompson, and Gene Littler. So what happens? The lake course and damp, cool weather play havoc with the field. Nobody shoots par. After four rounds, Hogan is in with a 287, seven over par, but five strokes better than anybody else in the clubhouse. Everybody is ready to crown Hogan champion for the fifth time. NBC signs off from its one hour of coverage and announces Hogan as the champion. But hold on, wait. Jack Fleck is still on the course in the fourth to last group, two shots behind Hogan. Somebody told me that they had announced that Ben Hogan had won the tournament, but I knew that I was still in the ball game. They hadn't counted on me being that close in the running, see. Fleck birdies the par three 15th hole to pull one shot behind. He pars 16 and 17, then needs a birdie on the par four 18th to tie. I had to come to 18, and I knew I had to have a birdie. That's all I was playing for. Jack sets himself carefully. He strokes it perfectly, and it's in to tie the great Hogan for the title. Flex birdie gives him a 67 and ties him with Hogan at 287. Flex two birdies in the final four holes force an 18-hole playoff. The great Ben Hogan versus the nobody, Jack Fleck. 
Author Neil Sagabiel writes, quote, The playoff pitted a 42-year-old nine-time major champion against a 33-year-old obscure Iowa club pro. The player's competitive experience, golf swings, and physical attributes were in stark contrast, end quote. That night, Fleck prepares himself. He has long admired Hogan, and it's no small irony that his bag carries a new set of irons crafted by Hogan. Fleck has a quiet dinner, listens to Mario Lanza's rich tenor, and sleeps for nine and a half hours as peaceful as a baby. The next day, with the whole golf universe watching, Fleck is expected to be nervous. But to fans, media, and tournament officials, Fleck appears calm and collected. I got to say I was not nervous. I got the feeling that I could really make these putts. And I did. I read that thing perfect and knocked it in just like it was normal. Playing before an estimated 8,000 spectators, Hogan and Fleck make par in the first four holes. No advantage. On the par 4, 457-yard fifth hole, Hogan fades a drive that causes him to bogey, while Fleck pars to take a one-stroke lead. On the par 4 ninth hole, 420 yards, Hogan's 15-footer for a birdie stops short. Fleck then leans over a 20-footer for a birdie. And here's Fleck. He has a long one of about 20 feet. He rolls it in as if it had eyes. Fleck now has a two-stroke lead. Fleck then gains a stroke at the 10th and 12th holes, while Hogan wins them back at the 11th and 14th. Fleck retains a two-stroke advantage as they go to the 17th hole, par 4, 461 yards, perhaps the toughest hole at Olympic. Hogan hits a Herculean three-wood to find the green in two shots and narrowly misses a birdie putt. Fleck's second shot finds the rough. He then chips out of deep grass to within four feet, but this time Fleck's putter fails him and he misses for a bogey. Fleck's lead is a single stroke as they go to the 18th hole, par four, 337 yards. If Hogan gains another stroke, the two golfers will go to a sudden death playoff. Author Neil Sagabiel writes, quote, Upwards of 6,000 expectant fans jam the hillside and 18th green beneath a large stucco clubhouse. Another 2,000 spectators stretch along both sides of the fairway back to the elevated tee where Ben Hogan reached for his driver, end quote. So what happens? Hogan chooses a driver for the tight and short par four, but his right foot slips on the damp turf and he yanks his drive into deep rough 20 yards left of the fairway. Fleck plays it safe and hits a five wood down the middle. Hogan's ball is buried so deep, it takes him three swings to get to the fairway. His fifth shot finds the back of the green, while Fleck's second shot is 20 feet below the pin. Hogan sinks a 35 footer to save double bogey for a 72. Fleck's first putt stops two feet from the cup. He taps it in for a par and a 69. It's over. Jack Fleck beats Ben Hogan by three strokes to win the U.S. Open. Hogan is 
is hooked into the rock, and twice he fails to smash it out. It went through my mind, oh, he shouldn't have used that driver. He lost the tournament. He didn't even give himself a chance coming up 18. He might have tied again, and then it would have been a sudden death playoff. Neil Sagabeel writes, quote, As another ovation filled the cool evening air, Hogan walked 50 feet to where Flex stood near the hole and offered his heartfelt congratulations. At the moment of his greatest disappointment in golf, Ben Hogan displayed a kind of grace and defeat that Jack Fleck would remember for the rest of his life. End quote. As for Fleck, Sagabeel writes, quote, The Iowa Club Pro had crossed the wide chasm from obscurity to fame in four days. His life would never be the same. True enough. The next day in San Francisco, Fleck is summoned for a private audience with America's golfer-in-chief, President Dwight Eisenhower, who is there for a UN conference. Fleck's purse for winning the 55 Open was $6,000. Going forward, he would win two other PGA tournaments and the PGA Seniors Championship in 1979. He is immortalized for his stunning upset in the 55 U.S. Open. He was the guy who beat the great Ben Hogan in an 18-hole playoff. Here's Fleck. When I won the tournament and I beat Hogan, man was one of the first, I think, to come and shake my hand. Complimented me many times about it. It was really something. Boom, you win it. Ben Hogan was 84 when he died in 1997. After his near miss in 55, he never won a fifth U.S. Open, nor did he win another major tournament. Jack Fleck golfed into his 80s, including events on the Champions Tour. He was 92 when he passed away in 2014. Mario Lanza, Fleck's favorite opera tenor, died in 1959 at the age of 38. Thanks for listening to Championship Stories. You can find it on all major podcast platforms, and please leave a rating and a review. I'm your host, Steve Morantz, and I'll be back with another episode of Championship Stories. There is no fear.